Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this night that you've given us together, together in your presence. We give you the glory and we give you the praise for unending and unceasing breakthroughs tonight by your hand. Thank you that this year will be a year unlike any other year. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Welcome to Wednesday night, night three of this time of fasting and prayer. Many have been blessed already uh, one-seventh of the way in. By the way, Pastor, Brother Dean, when I was mentioning my dad sitting two-thirds of the way back, that was not directed at, at, at you. I was thinking you were in the I like you on the front row. We have, my wife sits on the front row. Um, this has been awesome. You know, when we were teaching in the morning, Judges 20, 26, if you read Judges 20, 24 through 26, the Bible says that the people of Israel went out against Benjamin and lost the battle. Then they sought the Lord in fasting from morning until evening. So the 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is not a Muslim fast. It's a Judges 2026 20, fast. And they were given a victory. They said, should we pursue them or should we give up? And the Lord said, go out against them and I'll give you victory. And so they, one day, morning till evening, and where they used to have defeat, they went out and won the victory. And so I want to tell you that for this year. One of the benefits of fasting and prayer is where you used to have defeat, now when you go out, you're going to have victory. Whether it's family, finances, all the areas of life. And I really want to drive that home my whole life. This is not, for, for some people church, it's like a break from life. You just hear about, it's like being in a book club. You hear about some book, it doesn't have anything to do with life. Then you get back to work and, and, and the things that actually matter in life. The Bible affects tangible life. The Bible affects tangible, practical life. It affects your health. It affects your mind. It affects your money. It affects the, this book, attend unto my words, for they are life. They give you life. He that builds his life on my word is like a wise man who builds his life on the rock. The same wind comes, the same waves crash, but the house is still standing firm. And so this is not some aberration from life Then you know, for some reason my church is having us not eat. This is something that you do that, brings in, that should bring an expectation. And that's why I'm preaching this to you in these breakthrough meetings. That there's going to be a radical change. This year is not going to be a repeat of 2022. 2023 is going to be the best year that you've ever had because you're taking the actions. Go ahead, give the Lord a great hand clap. You can be seated. Give these great musicians and singers a big hand clap, leading us into the presence of God. You can be seated. All right, let's, let's get to work. Take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, everybody say, when you pray. pray. Now, one of the key scriptures, if you attend this church, is Deuteronomy 28, uh, verse 1. If you'll hearken to to diligently do all that I've commanded you to do. So, 
You don't take the commands of God lightly. One of the commands is prayer. If you go up above that, it's when you give. When you give, command. You know, some churches you go to, they teach giving's a gift. Some people have the gift of giving. Some people don't have the gift of giving. Well, even if you didn't have the gift of giving, the Bible says covet earnestly the best gifts. So when you see the reward that's attached to certain things, if you, now this, this analogy has about 18 months left before it's unusable because everything's digital now. But back in the old days when you had a key ring with a key for your garage, Brother Larry, I get the feeling back in the old days you had a large key ring on that farm. So when, when you had a, a key, there were keys that unlocked different doors and you can't use your car key to get in your house and you can't use your house key to get in your door. There's different keys that unlock different doors. We live in a kingdom that's based on keys. Jesus said, woe unto you Pharisees, for you have deprived the people of the key of knowledge. So pe people, people uh, malign that. And, you know, you listen to some people preach, they, they make it like God has formulas. There, how many of you know there's no formula with God? No, there are formulas with God. To get saved, there's a formula. It, oh, nice to have you. If, if you'll believe in your heart, if you'll believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's a one plus two equals three formula. In fact, the Bible takes, the more mysterious you make this book, the less you get out of it. Well, we don't know how things were. We just trust God. No. If you settle down in the scriptures, the Bible tells you that there are actions you take that provoke definite outcomes. I took a lot of heat for it in, when I was in my early 20s. When I started to take the Bible literally about sowing and reaping. I'm not receiving an offering right now. I'm just giving an example. No, I'm not going to believe that that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there are open windows of heaven. Yeah, hundredfold return. No, I'm going to take that as literally as I take it literally that when I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that now I have a place reserved in heaven, I'm going to believe that when I set aside 10% of my income as a tithe unto the Lord, it already belongs to him. I'm just going to choose not to steal it. And then I'm going to add to that a seed as directed by the Spirit that there is a hundredfold return. That he will make me the lender only and never the borrower. Well, all these years down the line, God did what he said. Because you can take the Bible literally. I'm not... Now, I would not say, well, I tithe and give offering and whether that's all true or not, it's not important to me. Any more than I would say, I've believed in my heart and repented of sins and confessed with my mouth, whether there's actually a heaven or not. No. If there's no heaven, I'm out of here. If, there, if there's no God, and this is some encouraging book, Paul said, if there be no resurrection of the dead, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. There's no point to any of this. I'd quit right now. The point is that there's a, eternity and that these things are true. Well, the same way I can take the, the, the invisible parts Literally, that there's a heaven and a rapture. Amazing how you have people fight about the hundredfold return, but they believe a trumpet's going to sound, an angel's going to, literally, they believe an angel's going to blow a trumpet and they're going to disappear out of the earth. That's true. But if you can believe that, the hundredfold return should be very easy to believe. The anointing with oil to be healed. That the, the command that if the elders of the church anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord... The prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. That should be simple to believe. If you believe the third person of the Godhead dwells in your spirit and then empowers you to live like God, 
the, the rudimentary things about housing and land. And I bring this building, this miracle building that we're up all the time is a, because you're sitting right now in evidence that you can believe, the, that you can take God's word literally, speak it literally out of your mouth, and have literally what it says. We're not in some ghost building or metaphorical building. We're in an actual building that was given to us by the promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. And so one of the things that you should let God work on during this time of fasting and prayer is to cross into the realm of an actual believer, not a casual believer. I believe God. Paul said, I believe God, it shall be as he said. Not well, well, you know, whether it is or not. We give, but whether God ever rewards me or not, do you know why I expect a reward for, from God when I give? Not because he's my business partner, not because he owes me anything. Do you know why I expect a, re, a financial reward when I give to the kingdom of God? Because he said. So when you say, well, whether he does or not, you're actually irritated. You're not, that's not a statement of humility. That's a statement of irritation. Well, I know that God likes to say a bunch of big things. Whether he actually has the power to do it or not, it's not important to me. Yo. No. I expect... What your word says, because I know you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. No, uh, Numbers twenty three nineteen. Has he ever spoken something and it not come to pass? Has he ever declared something and not carried it through? This book is not a book of motivational text to, to, to put on your refrigerator or hang in your bathroom. This is the word of God, the same way you can nail the government's hide to the wall with the Constitution, whether they want to do something that they, in all kinds of states, they wanted to shut churches down. We got friends here from New Mexico uh, that were at the church that I preached at, and they couldn't do it because of that pesky Constitution. And there's all kinds of things the devil wants to do in your life, but you have a spiritual Constitution to nail his hide to the wall and have what God said you can have. Can you say Amen? Go ahead, give the Lord a big hand clap on this great Wednesday night. Now, when you pray, Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to play, pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Don't pray like that, Jesus said. I, 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 when I was little, I went to a few churches like that. Let's pray. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And God's up in heaven. What are they, what's their, their prayer? No, God, God's an intelligent being. Adam walked and talked with him in the cool of the day. You can pray. You don't have to go into some phony voice. You don't have to, you don't have to go into a machine gun-like pace of words. Father God, we just come to you right now, Father God, and you know Father. You don't have to do that. And you don't have to say Father God every three seconds. He doesn't like lose. God doesn't have like a short attention span. Father God, if you could just say Father God, I'm still talking to you, Father God, I'm Father God. You know, if you, pray, if you read the prayer from one of the master prayers in the Bible, Elijah, who called down fire from heaven by his prayer, his entire prayer, if you read it slow, takes about 14 seconds to pray. Oh God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
do this this day to prove that you are God in Israel. You can pray like that. Father, we've outgrown our home. I'm believing you for a bigger house. I can't make it happen, but you can make it happen. And you said to cast all my cares on you, for, for you care for me. I'm giving you this concern. What, what, what cares do you have? That's what prayer, one of the functions of prayer is to unburden what's on you. It's not, the Bible doesn't just say don't worry. It says that in prayer, cast your cares on God, for he cares for you. So it's not like, well, don't worry, you shouldn't worry. No, the thing that would worry you, settle it in prayer. I, and then cast it on him and don't take it back like a fishing line. Okay, so those are my cares. Let me have them back for the rest of the day. You actually should commit things on this time of fasting and prayer to the Lord to the point that you, you don't touch it in thought life anymore. And if the devil brings it up to you, no, I already cast that thing on the Lord. Hey, I see you didn't die on the trip here. Tell everybody what you did for the first time tonight. For the first time, why? Why? Since what? She had a brain aneurysm and wasn't supposed to be able to drive anymore and drove at night an hour and a half. Give her a hand clap. See, that's faith. Father, I'm willing to risk the lives of all these motorists for your glory. <laughs> Congratulations. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Pray like this. And then he gives that prayer. And then verse 16. And when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast. Fasting is not something we're deciding to do to go to a deeper level than is normally accepted in America. Fasting is one of the same way we tithe the same way we give. Now, go on a journey with me. Do what I've done. Stop exempting yourself from things in the Bible. Now, I know the Bible says that. But does the Bible really say you can't drink or just not get drunk? Stop seeing how much you can get away with. And start seeing how deep you can go into this book. And watch what happens. Can you say Amen. And that, I don't know why I'm inviting you to do it. You're here. I want, I want you to see, and I want you to have an expectation. I was listening to Bishop David Oyadepo, who pastors the largest church in the world. I was listening to him on the way in. He said, I had a pastor in America ask me one time, why don't we see the miracles in America like you see in Africa? He said, because you don't do what we do. Now, if you watch them, they're fasting and praying. Now, we are too. So you already see the testimonies. Guys, do you have that queued up, the testimony from yesterday? That's one of the best testimonies. I've ever seen in my life, and online agreed. That thing got shared up over 300 times already, and I ju just posted it this morning just on Instagram. Is that, is that ready? If it's not, I'll give you more time. I don't expect you to be in the spirit all the time and know exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Everybody say, when you fast. <laughs> don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled. Now, some people do that even when they're eating. And some people don't have to try. They try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they'll ever get. And you'll have people say it. Now, Jesus said, when you pray, go to the secret place and shut the door. And he said, when you fast, don't do it publicly. Well, we're not doing it publicly. We're not having this meeting tonight at Wendy's. If you guys could just keep your food over there, we're fasting. 
But if you read in the book of Acts, they did, there, there are corporate prayer meetings in the book of Acts. Jesus prayed with his disciples. So you take, you take the principle here. When you fast, don't be miserable and disheveled or look miserable and disheveled so people will admire you for your fasting. I tell you the, the truth, that's the only reward you'll ever get. They'll ever get. But when you fast, there it is again, not if you fast, when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Also, good advice when you're not fasting. <laughs> then no one will notice that you're fasting. Now, once you leave here, people really, other than the fact, you know, if you're doing a, I'm only having you do six to six, so, and I say only, that is something. It, it, it produced a breakthrough in Judges 20 to 26, but it shouldn't alter your appearance that much. Obviously, I'm going to no, look noticeably thinner by week three because a lot of the leadership's not, not breaking because leaders should do more than they ask the people to do, not like the government where they ask you to not have Thanksgiving and then immediately get on a plane to go celebrate Thanksgiving with their loved ones. Leaders should do more than they ask the people to do. So other than things you can't control like getting thinner, uh, it, it, people should not notice that you're on a fast. You ever read in the book of Daniel that those young those guys said to the king in Babylon, let us do things our way. Let us abstain from the food we abstain from. And if we're not outperforming our secular cohorts, then we'll change. But they outperformed their peers that were pagans. So you shouldn't be nodding off at work and telling your boss, you know, sorry, I'm in a time of fasting right now, believing for breakthrough. They'll believe you're nuts. And don't have them call me because I'll confirm that you're nuts. I'll tell them you're, you're a part of another church. And I, I dealt with this this morning because um, that is one of the reasons why pastors don't call fast. There's always one moron that ruins it for everybody. It ends up in the intensive care unit because they fasted 21 days and then broke it with a triple cheeseburger. That's a real story. I know a, a youth pastor that did that. He meant well, but he went to the, meaning well won't keep you out of the ICU. So then, you know, then they ask you, what do you do for work? I'm a youth pastor. Why is your digestive system all messed up? I was fasting. What a great testimony. So what Jesus is saying is, you fasting shouldn't be causing problems at home. You don't use fasting as, a, as an excuse to not talk to your wife and kids for 21 days. Daddy's fasting. No, you have, have a good time with them. And God will give you, give you the strength to do it. There shouldn't be anybody noticing Anything negative about your fasting, only positive things. Can you say amen? amen? And God will give you the grace to do it. Now, when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you're doing in private. Now listen to this. Hebrews 11.6, I told you Deuteronomy 28.1 is a hallmark scripture. If you're a part of Revival Today Church, Hebrews 11.6 is another hallmark scripture if you're a part of Revival Today Church. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For anyone that wants to come to him successfully must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. God different, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, different than the gods of all other religions. He's different because he's a rewarder. The gods in Hinduism or Buddhism or any other religion, I'm not bashing them. I'm telling you, they don't promise a reward. You could talk to their own priests or whoever's the head. It's do this or else, like the IRS. You pay your taxes, you stay out of jail. But if you, uh, there's no reward. They don't send you like cookies at Christmas. Thank you for paying your taxes again. There's no reward. The reward is you don't get punished. That's how other religions are. 
And, and, and that's the common thought among most Christians. You go to church, kind of like get that off your plate. Then you've appeased God for another week, go to confession. But if you'll understand this from Scripture, that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And there is no reward, there is no more diligent seeking of God than seeking him in fasting and prayer. There is no more diligent seeking of God than pressing in in fasting and prayer. There is nothing you can do that shows more of a diligent, humble, I'm, I'm thankful for all you've done, oh Lord, but I'm not content to stay where I'm at. You've commanded increase and I'm pressing in for increase. There's nothing that shows that more than separating yourself from your American food-addicted peers and saying, I'm taking 21 days to be at church. We've had over 100 people praying in the days. Uh, uh, Sunday morning crowds were smaller that are night crowds for these fasting meetings, and we usually would have 200 people watching online. We've had over 1,000 every night joining us from all over America and all over the world. Just under 4,000 people signed up. Don't you tell me that's not going to have an effect. The tide is turning in the United States of America. Can you say amen? Also, isn't it good to come to a meeting at night and know you're not the only crazy one? I had, to, I had to do an interview for uh, Daystar Television, and they, one of the questions they wanted me to ask was, or answer was, what would you say to someone who feels like America is lost and is not going to have revival? If I said, I would say, if I went to their church, I might feel that way too. There's some churches you would, could go to that it would feel like it's over. There's no one getting saved. There, there's no evidence of power. But then there's other places you can go. I mean, if nothing else, you get hope being here. That I'm a part of a large company of believers that have not bowed their knee to Baal, have not kissed his face, and God is going to use me to be a part of this last day move of God. <laughs> Say out loud, God is a rewarder. God is a so I said this on day one. I'm saying it again on, on night three. I want the main motivation of your fasting to be an understanding that it is a guaranteed reward mechanism from God. Don't let anybody in public know about it. But your father who sees what you're doing in secret, not might reward you, will reward you. When Jensen Franklin wrote that book on fasting and prayer, I still remember the line was that, that he wrote, fasting is a private practice that produces a public reward. Fasting is a private practice that produces a public reward. Now again, we're doing this corporately as a body like they did in the book of Acts. That, that doesn't take you out of the private thing. But I'm, I'm not wearing sackcloth. I don't have a t-shirt on day three. <laughs> I have 21. I take one off every day. So we're not, we're not going out of here. I'm in a suit jacket. I'm dressed. No. Jonathan, you seem down. Fasting. Oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not eating cheeseburgers like these people across the street. No, you're not doing it to be seen. Your motivation is to do it to press into God. But God is a rewarder. Now, if you grew up where they taught you like there's something wrong with expecting a reward from God, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what scriptures that they're coming from. God delights in rewarding. If you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to all who ask? So religion tries to teach you there's something wrong with wanting increase. Remember, 
God is a God of increase. He's not only a God of increase, he created men and commanded them, be fruitful and multiply. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 13, Jesus came and saw a tree and saw that it hadn't borne any fruit in three years and said, I'll give it one more year, and if it doesn't produce fruit, I'm going to cut it down for it's taking up space in my garden. Those principles are driving principles for what I'm doing. Because in the flesh, the thing to do would be, why rent, why rent the... Uh, Montour Junction Sports Complex. Why not just pack this place and keep it packed? Because there is no anointing from God to maintain what you have. If you're not growing, you're dying. So you make a decision. I'm not sitting on my laurels. I am going to press into God because he's commanded increase. He's expected increase. And I'm going to see the increase of God. If you believe it, can you say amen? Amen. If you weren't here last night or didn't watch last night. I'm playing this to the glory of God and the shame of the devil. Look at the power that God wields. God's not finished with America. I said God's not finished with America. And this testimony grabbed my heart. And all I talked to in the afternoon was the mother. I didn't know the extent of the testimony. And this is powerful. And, And if you're a parent or anybody that's going through something that just seems like you're finished, there's no way through it. These testimonies trigger faith. That there's nothing the devil has done that God can't do something about it today. Go ahead and roll the video. We feel that our family, you know, this church was put here for us. Like, we are local people. This is our community. And, you know, my, my child, she, she wouldn't want to come to church with me. She didn't. I fought with her. I fought with her. I'm like... You have to come. You have to come. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm tired or I'm depressed or I just don't, I'm not doing well. And I'm like, no, you, you need to get under this church. You need to get under this youth group. And she, she did. She came. She was struggling Pause. with so many. Never give up. I listened to that testimony probably 20 times. The persistence of that mother. I've invited her. Never give up. Keep pushing. I believe for that and it didn't happen. Quit not believing. Are you dead? It's not over. If you're not dead, it's not over. Even if you're dead, there's the possibility of being raised from the dead. So it's still not over. Amen. Our game doesn't end at the end of the fourth quarter. Our game ends when we win. That's it. I don't quit. Put more time on the clock. I haven't won yet. Amen. Everybody say, don't give up. Go ahead, play the rest. So many things. And she's just a completely different person. All glory to God. You, you don't have to say anything you don't want to say, but tell, tell me like what change you felt from before you came till, till now. Well, I was, I'm just completely different. I, like, I thought I was a boy. I thought I sat there and I told my mom and I sat there and I thought I was a boy and I thought that so hardly and I was depressed. I wouldn't want to come out of my room. I didn't want to go to school. I hated church. 
I told myself that I was a Satanist. I, I did not believe in God. I told myself I did not believe in God, that I would never believe in God, that that was never where I was going to be in my life. And then coming, I came to, I started coming to church the night he gave uh, the motorcycle away. And that was the first service, and I remember I sat there, and I sat there, like, all, like, angry, cross-legged, like... How much did you hate me when you first heard me? Oh, I hated you with a passion. <laughs> like, when I first met you, no, like, was for you at all. And whenever people would clap at things, I would sit there still cross-armed, just, like, stern face, and then, like... Mom had me keep coming and coming, and then um, Pastor Kofi had me meet Pastor Maddie, and then I met some of the youth kids, and I started going to youth. And that is what really helped me find God. Glad we can be friends now. <laughs> so proud of you. Your testimony's blessed over, over uh, it's hitting up on 20,000 people on all platforms just today, just so you know. Let, let, let me uh, finish up with this. Genesis 13, verse 10. First book of the Bible. Genesis 13, verse 10. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Where did Lot, now if you, we read the verse before, Abraham and Lot, Abraham says, go, go pick where you want to live. You can have first pick. Abraham was so confident of the blessing, he's like, you pick wherever you want. Wherever I go will become the best place. So Lot chooses to live in Sodom. He pitched his tents towards Sodom. But the people of the area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against God. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west, I'm giving you all this land. It was a land transfer. 2023 is the year that the righteous shall possess the land. Everybody God ever made a covenant with, he gave land to him. And there it is. That's not just something I say. That's in the Bible. Uh, I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they can't be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved the, his camp to Hebron, 
and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre, and there he built an altar to the Lord. My dad, when I was little, would preach a sermon about how Abraham built an altar to the Lord, and Sodom and, and uh, Lot went to go live in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. And then he'd say, where you're looking today will be where you're living tomorrow. Because Abram's first thing was not to go party, it was to build an altar. What are you doing in the first part of the year? See, this stuff, you're following in the footsteps of your father in the faith, Abraham. We're not thinking, it's a new year, celebrate. We celebrate, and now we're getting down, down to business, building an altar before the Lord. When you attend these meetings, it's building an altar to the Lord for you personally. And you're not, this is the separation of Lot and, Ab- and Abram. Now Lot goes and lives near, uh, toward Sodom. He pitches his tent toward Sodom. But then later, where do you find him living? Where you're looking today is where you'll be living tomorrow. What your eyes feast on creates a passion in you to have that. That's why I watch Bishop David Oyedepo preach. That's why I watch Pastor Adeboye's buildings. I like that. I want to get a picture of it in my spirit. When I went to go see Dag Haywood Mills in Ghana, I, I, I had him, would you like to see all the churches we have in the city or just go back to your hotel? I want to see all the churches. I want to get a snapshot of it in my spirit because I, I want to see it and I want to recreate it. So, so uh, that, that's what you do. Well, he's living in Sodom or looking towards Sodom. Then he's living in Sodom and he's become fairly wicked. When, when the angels go to pull him out before the city gets burned down, the men of the city beat on the door and said, we saw two men come into your house. Send them out so we can have sex with them. And what did Lot reply? No, don't do a wicked thing. I have some daughters. Let me send them out. So that's not, that's not somebody that's living righteously at that time. Can you say amen? So I bring that up because I'm going to show you the flip side. But I wanted to show you Lot first, and I want to show, I'm showing you tonight from the Bible the difference that fasting and prayer produces in a life tangibly. That what it does is it separates you from being somebody who conforms to where you're at to somebody that transforms where you're at. Most churches in America have been conformed to America. If the Steelers made the Super Bowl by some miracle, they would... If they still had Sunday night service, I don't, do I have to tell you, what would Sunday night service be at church? Super Bowl party. So, so the, the culture dominates the church. You have the culture now, full out accepts what the Bible calls sexual immorality, and what do, what do churches do? I'm telling you, I'm not saying it with joy, it's a sign of the times. It's only a matter of time before you have the first quote unquote full gospel church, sanctioned gay marriage, And if Jesus tarries, it'll only be a matter of time before you have a a full gospel denomination from headquarters sanctioned gay marriage. Watch it. It's part of the time is that people will go with the current. A great falling away, the Bible says. So one of the great benefits of fasting and prayer is it puts, you're not like, I wish it said there were ten virgins. Nine were wise and one was foolish. Nine took extra oil so their fire didn't go out, but one was foolish and let her fire go out. But it doesn't say that. It says five were wise and five were foolish. Dr. Willard Canelon, 
a great Bible scholar said, if Jesus was speaking literally there, could it be that half the church that was originally ready to meet the Lord would not be ready to meet him when he comes? There will be a great falling away. You can't fall away from a place where you never were. It's not talking about sinners getting more wicked. It's talking about people and many shall depart from the faith. People that were once in the faith. I, you might have heard them in three days. I used to do that. I used to fast. I made up my mind. I will never be a used-to-be Christian. I used to pray. I used to think you had to pray. I used to think you had to fast. No, I'm going to pray more, fast more, give more, win more souls, press in. The fire must never go out. The fire must never go out. Most people conform to where they are. I was reading a study that at some universities, not all, some in America, 40% identify as LGBTQ, one of the letters. 40% up from 3%. And then I was reading the comments underneath. It wasn't a Christian article. I, I like hearing what, what people have to say, all kinds of people. So they were saying, why is that so high up from 3% a handful of years ago? And another uh, gay person wrote, People naturally do what is accepted and glorified. So if you're getting special rights at a school, if you identify as gay or queer or two-spirit or, or whatever the thing is, and that's what's, what's accepted, and then Christianity's frowned upon, and these right-wing, hateful, bigot, and that's, then most people will just gravitate to what's accepted, like Lot did. But the Bible says, be not conformed. Romans chapter 10. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the word. The Bible and the author of this book named the Holy Spirit, he puts something in a child where they won't become like the world. I'm telling you, just you sitting here tonight, your children will never go the way of the world. God will put his hand upon them. They will serve the Lord all the days of their life. Your marriage will not go the way of the world. You will not be conformed to this world. You shall be transformed. I pray during this time of fasting and prayer, my prayer for you as your pastor, is God would put something on the inside of you where you hate. The Bible doesn't just say love what is good. You notice that's the only part anybody in this country wants to deal with. We should love. How I many to love? Love your neighbor. Wear a mask. We're to love. Love. The Bible doesn't just say love. It says love what is good. Hate what is evil. There should be something in the Christian. Now you hate evil people. There should be a detestation. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't watch two men kiss on TV. Well, that's a new storyline they've written. I don't, you know, I don't like it either. But they are kind of funny. And it is. No. The same way, see, that's what happens. You first saw two guys kiss on TV. What'd you do? Turn that off. And then five years later, you know. It's actually, it's just, you know, we don't like it either. That's the way. And, and you get used. And before you know it, you're acclimating to a wicked world that's not your home. This world is not my home. Jesus said, this world hated me. How much more will they hate you? He told you what you were signing up for. Because there is a spirit of this world 
And there is a spirit of Christ that's in the believer. And the two don't mesh. So yes, we go to win the lost. It's not that you're against the, world, the people in the world. But there's a demonic spirit of the world that will not be satisfied till you've defiled yourself. But in the name of Jesus, none of you shall ever defile yourselves. You will be holy, pure, blameless, and without spot from now until the coming of the Lord in Jesus' name. Say, I don't have the spirit of this world. I do have the spirit of Christ. It gets hard for me to preach it when fast going because my spirit's so sensitive. It, it's hard for me to keep it together. Just reading verses like a, a fire hose going off on me. Hallelujah. I don't have the spirit of this world. I'm anointed to cast the spirit of this world out. Out. But I do have. The spirit of Christ. And the spirit of Christ is a superior spirit. The spirit of Christ that conquered death, that conquered hell, that conquered the grave. That's in me. All the things they're bragging about at the rap award show, country award show, rock and roll, private jet. I have all that. By the Spirit of God. Didn't have to sell out. And then I not only get the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, I get the other part that adds no sorrow. See, all my friends in Hollywood got all that too, but they can't keep a marriage together for three years. But I, we're doing better at year 16 than we were at year one, and we were doing great at year one. Hallelujah. The, word, the Spirit of the world can kiss off. You have nothing for me. But I, I am aligned against you to break your power. My, my father, who I keep referencing because I heard him preach a lot growing up, so his sermons are in me. He said, uh, backsliding. Backsliding is a term that they used to use in church back when people believed you could backslide, which you can, and people should still believe it. But back when they'd preach on it, they'd, my dad would say that backsliding is never, a, if you liken it to a tire in a car, backsliding is never a blowout. You don't preach, if you're a preacher like me, you don't preach like this tonight on a fast and then tomorrow start doing cocaine. It doesn't work like that. Backsliding is never a sudden departure from God. It's a slow, steady leak. And one of the things that fasting and prayer does, I have a bunch of days with you so I don't have to pack everything I was going to preach. I was going to read out of Acts, but I'm just, I'm just going to pound this thing. Because if, if, if the only thing you get, now it won't be the only thing you get, but if the only thing you get out of this time of fasting and prayer is of spiritual fire that ensures you make heaven and that your family's all standing there with you, that will be a, a great reward to get from fasting and prayer. That you're not, not engaging in alcohol because you know you shouldn't. You're not getting drunk because you hate it. I don't like it. I don't want what the world has, but I have a strong desire for the blessing of God. You know what Paul said? I've counted all my education and everything I have in life 
as rubbish. That I might have Christ. And that I might, then it goes on, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. The great British evangelist Smith Wigglesworth that raised 21 people from the dead said, I would rather have the anointing of the Holy Ghost on me for five minutes than have this entire world given to me with all its possessions in a white picket fence. And I'm telling you, I concur. There is no life like serving Jesus Christ. There is no life like being a human being on this same planet but carrying a superior baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire that puts you above. Superior wisdom, the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. Don't worry about what to say in those times for the Holy Spirit will show you. You never, where do you ever see Jesus not knowing what to do? How many people want food? How little do we have? Oh gosh. We need to pray. No. Tell the people to sit down in groups of 50 or 100 and tell them I'll be with them shortly. Bring me the loaves and fish. And he blessed it. Or he gave thanks for it and then blessed it. And began to break it and fed the multitude. And the Bible says, let that mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, uh, what's the other one that says about, uh, who can know what the Lord is thinking and who can give him counsel? In the book of Isaiah. But when Paul requotes it, when he's writing to the church in Corinth, he says, but we can know these things for we have the mind of Christ. Say out loud, I have the mind of Christ. Well, do you ever see Jesus depressed in the Bible? Do you ever see him battling panic attacks? And Jesus went to lay hands on the leper, but before he could, he was overcome with anxiety. Do you see Jesus dominating all those things? Yes. Do you see the Apostle Paul write to us as believers? That that spirit of fear that afflicts people, God has not given us that spirit of fear. And he not only has not given us, he's given us a superior alternative, should you choose. A spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, of love, power. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Say, I have a sound mind. I have an intelligent mind. I have a superior mind. By the, Holy Spirit. by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that's three of the gifts of the Spirit. Discerning of spirits. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. That, that superior intelligence saved me a long drive one time. I was visiting uh, my nephew, the youth pastor, Pastor Jay, back when he was a, a 16 or so. I was up at his house, Adalis' old house. And I was supposed to come preach at a church in Pennsylvania. This is years ago. And as I, I walked out of the house to go drive from Massachusetts to Pennsylvania, eight hours or whatever, as soon as I walked out, I just felt it in my spirit. That pastor isn't going to have you preach. So I called him on the way out. I said, hey, pastor so-and-so, it's Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan, how are you? I said, good. Did my secretary call you or email you? I said, no. Why? What, what's up? Oh, man, I meant to have her call you. Uh, we, we, I, I, we double booked something on the calendar. I'm not going to be able to have you in. I meant to call you. Sorry for the short notice. First of all, you didn't give me short notice. You gave me no notice. I called you. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't drive eight hours and find out. Hey, don't get in the car. Save yourself a trip. Superior intellect by the Spirit. Now, now many people won't yield to the Spirit. They, they always make the Spirit... Submit to their mind 
But God's spirit, make your mind submit to your spirit. I mean, I, if I was a normal person, I would have said, well, I'm not calling him. That's crazy. Then what would I even say when I called? You know, obviously, he knows enough etiquette that you're not going to cancel somebody a couple hours before the service starts. No, listen to the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. As, the, as these days go on, I'm going to read to you, Lord willing, out of Acts 27 and 28, Paul is going to show you when he's on that prison ship what it means to have the superior mind of Christ. Can you say amen? amen. If I was on the road, I'd preach tonight till about 11 o'clock. But I have you till Jesus comes. So I'll be merciful. We have 21 days of fasting and prayer together. This book is so deep. Is it pride to say you have the mind of Christ? Is it, is it pride to say you have a superior mind when the Bible's telling you that? It's not you. It's not my mind. That's, it's the mind of Christ that's superior, and I'm a possessor of it through redemption. So you can't have pride in something you didn't have anything to do with. I didn't attain it. I received it by rebirth. See things coming before they happen. Lord will show you that your bookkeeper is stealing money from you at your construction business before you find out, before you'd find out in the natural. Let your spirit... Now, what happens when you fast and pray? Your spirit is extra sensitive... Because the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What did, what did God make Adam out of? It's not a trick question. What did God make Adam out of? The dust of the ground, the earth. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessel, the flesh, profiteth nothing. It's diametrically opposed to the spirit. It's the thing that makes you think, I can, I'm going to eat. You know, I feel like I've already had my breakthrough. It's your flesh. It doesn't want to fast, doesn't want to pray, doesn't want to, do, doesn't want to do anything productive. So when you crucify it through fasting, you bring that hindrance. Now, most people have a strong earthen vessel, and, and then the treasure can't shine through. But when you lower that vessel to its lowest point, and then the Bible says, pray always in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith, Jude verse 20. 1 Corinthians 14. He that prays in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries unto man, but he speaks directly to God and builds himself up. Where's the lady that talked to me after the service last night and said that you, you came from a church where they said that speaking in tongues was of the devil or, or whatever? Where's that lady? Is she here? Not here. Well, oh, oh, it's the ice cream shop lady. So when she came up and told me that, I said, I had a question for her. I said, well, why didn't you believe that? How come you were taught that anybody you hear speak in tongues is of the devil, and now you're attending this church and bringing people to church. She brought that lady that got saved on Christmas Day. She said, well, I just started reading the Bible, and it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. Ding! <laughs> and then she said, number two, it doesn't make any sense that if somebody like you is doing that by demon power, there's not really like, it doesn't make a lot of sense that the devil's causing people to do what I'm doing to fill churches to get people to call on Jesus Christ. So it just doesn't make any sense. People malign whatever power they don't have. You either, you either humble yourself 
and get with the program, but most people don't want to do that. So they'll just speak against healing, speak against, they can all tell you 10 healing preachers they don't like, but they can't tell you any they do. And they all have a story of three, I knew this one preacher that preached like that, and this happened. All right, for every one you name, I'll name 100 that nothing, want me to call Bob Rogers, uh, uh, Bob Nichols on the phone? 86 in Fort Worth, Texas. Wife just went home to be with the Lord. That's the real deal. That would be able to stand up at 86 like Samuel did. And I know you're watching, Pastor Bob. I'm going to call you. I've missed your last like five calls. I love you. Don't, don't take it like no one likes you anymore. I like you a lot. He could stand up like Samuel and say, who of you have I ever defrauded? Man, that guy has blessed my life. You know what he told me? He said, I was starting a church in Fort Worth. Everybody say reward. reward. Hallelujah. Everybody say fasting and prayer. But when you fast in secret, the Lord will reward you openly. This building's an open reward. I don't know what year's fast it cost. God will cause you to skip. Boy, what a reward. I owe God so much thanks. If he, if he let me live to be 1,100 years old, I, and, and I thank God for two hours a day, it wouldn't exhaust it. Get to skip a 25-year building program. Got to skip a meeting with the mortgage officer at PNC Bank. Got to skip a capital campaign. Just walk in to a great blessing because when you spend time with God, God will take it. And I'm telling you, the same way God did that for me, he's going to do it for all of you. It's the same grace. God is no respecter of persons. He'll do it for anybody. Somebody say, Lord, I receive it. Reward. Open Open reward. That means where people that don't even believe in your God would have to say, well, I used to not believe in God, but I think he knows a God. But other than that, I don't believe in God. Open reward. Bob Nichols is supposed to go to this leadership conference when he's a young preacher in Fort Worth, Texas, and it's in this big, beautiful uh, mainline church. And he walks in and says uh, to the Lord in the lobby on the way in, Father, because back then, all Pentecostal churches were garbage as far as the building. They would zone them. They did not like these kind of churches. And all the mainline churches wanted to, like happened to us at Easter. That's who turned us into the city. They don't like it because the Pentecostal churches were getting all the people, so they would use their influence on the city board to zone them in the crappiest part of town, crappy building. And so... Bob Nichols walks into this beautiful church and says, Father, wouldn't it be nice if full gospel churches had a proper place to worship you like this church? And 11 years later, that exact church called him and said, we've heard how much your church is growing. He never said anything to anybody. We heard how much your church is growing and ours has declined. Would you be interested in swapping buildings with us for free? And he walked right into that beautiful Calvary Cathedral in Fort Worth, Texas. Because why? He made a request. What has caused you to not make any requests? Ask and you shall receive. Get something in your heart that enough is enough. I'm going to go forward in Jesus' name. I pray, I pray as your pastor that 2023 will be a deluge of testimonies in your life and in your family. Ask, ask the God of miracles. Ask him and see what mighty things he will do. Call on me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things. 
Stay on your feet. I'm going to try to exercise some discipline. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray you'd have too many miracles this year. I pray every missing member of your family from the kingdom of God will be serving him before this time next year. I pray, Father, I ask you on behalf of these people that you do one miracle after another for every family. In Jesus' name. Stay on your feet. Turn to Revelation 3. Come here, my friend, from the Bible school. What state did you come here from again? Lift both your hands right there. Close both eyes. As you do, the power of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Stay there and let the Lord touch you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lift your hands all over this place and just thank the Lord that your fire will never go out. You live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, move in the Spirit. In Him I live and move and have my being. That I may know Him in the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. The message of Jesus Christ, that's why it's in red, even though Jesus made a special trip back to have John write this. And this is not just to the church in Laodicea. These are seven churches which represent the seven specific ages of the church from A.D. 34 till now. And we're in the seventh one. This is, now look, you'd think this was written like uh, earlier today. What does Christ have to say to our church age? Verse 15, I know all the things you do, that you're neither hot nor cold. That's the whole thing with, with, with Christianity now. Is it, is it right? It's not wrong to show the Super Bowl in church. It's not wrong to show movies in church and just eat popcorn. And, it's not a sin. Yeah, I know all the things you do that you're not hot. You're not cold. It's not a sin, but you're not hot either. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. That's, that's this church age. Yet, you have the luxury to not fast and pray as a pastor when you got two million in the bank, which we do. But then in the flesh, no, we got money, we got... We have very well, many well-to-do people that attend this church, and so we have money. And You say I'm rich, but then what happens in the third world? They're fasting and praying because they need the river to start running again so they can have their, their food grow. So you start praying differently. And then when God starts blessing, people have a natural proclivity to get comfortable. That's why Abraham is the father of our faith. 
That's the knock against people that preach prosperity. Well, if God gives you those things, then those things will take the place of God in your heart. It didn't with David. It didn't with Abraham. It didn't with Isaac. It didn't with Jacob. And it will not with me. And it will not with you. This will be a generation of Abrahams that show the Lord, the more you bless me, the harder I'll pursue your word and the things of righteousness. If that's you, can you shout amen? We have money. We own a lot of property. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that's been purified by fire. Everybody say fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. Everybody say purity. You don't have to keep in holiness and Walking in sinlessness by the blood of Jesus that's cleansed you and the fire of the, of the Holy Ghost that gives you the power to live like God has called you to live. Not making allowance for sin and soiled garments. You used to sing a song growing up in church. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. Keeping my garments white. Watching both day and night. I'm getting ready to leave this world. Keeping my garments white. Not allowing my garments to be stained by sin and miss it. I'm not going to be one of the people that had it. You know, anybody you look up on Wikipedia, almost all of them, early life, career, scandal and collapse, death. I'm, I'm skipping the scandal and collapse part. An ointment for your eyes that you may see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. The number one enemy you're going to face, according to Christ in this church age, is indifference. You don't invite people to church and they go, I hate God. Very few. You invite people to, to church. I mean, what do they say? I mean, what percentage of people like, I think it's 80, I read today, 88% of the incoming House of Representatives are are registered as Christians. It must be great to be delusional. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah? What's your stance on abortion? Woman should be able to terminate the child that, that's in her if, if she doesn't want to have her. Okay. You're starting to part company with the Bible pretty severely. How many ways are there to heaven? Jesus, is Jesus the only way? Oh, no, there's many ways. But you're a Christian, right? Yeah, you're an American Christian. You're an indifferent Christian that's neither hot nor cold. You want to watch? When you go home, I'm going to give you an assignment. If you have YouTube or some video service, I want you to type in on the search, Billy Graham, Woody Allen. If you're younger, you, don't, you might not know who Woody Allen is or Billy Graham. It was the, one of the top talk shows on TV. So Woody Allen, Billy Graham was such a big preacher that they had him on as a guest. It'd be like, it'd be like him coming on Jimmy Kimmel. And Woody Allen makes it this joking atmosphere. He doesn't believe in Christ or anything. You should see Billy Graham flip by the anointing, the whole studio, and start pressing him. He would do it on Johnny Carson. What about you, Johnny? I've been praying for you. And the anointing would hit him. Wasn't coming on there to pimp a book. 
He was coming on there to get him saved. Billy Graham pressed Larry King so hard to be saved. Every interview, he'd keep flipping up. Larry, you know, we have been coming here all the time. We're both getting older. I really want you to receive Jesus Christ. It wasn't there's many ways, and the Bible tells us about love, which is a, a universal language of many religions. No fire, no indifference. Billy Graham's mission was, my mission is to lead people into a personal relationship with God, which I believe from the Bible can only be done through his son, Jesus Christ. That was it. He never, those stadiums were not being filled to listen to self-help seminars. They were listening to a country North Carolina boy tell people that Jesus, 2,000 years later, still has the power to save your soul. Say it out loud, the fire must never go out. Be diligent. And turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I'll share a meal with him as a friend. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. One more time, say it. The fire must never go out. I would. This is Jesus speaking. If I had my way, pick one. Be hot or cold. I've had people stand up and give me the middle finger on the way out of church, listen to me preach. At least they picked a side. God has more respect for that person doing that than they do somebody that sits there and allows the word to wash over them Sunday after Sunday completely unchanged. Hiding parts of their life from God. Having a secret compartment. That's America. That, that's now. Your, your phone has a place for locked contacts. They've actually just made phones for adulterers. What do you need private contacts from in case somebody finds your phone? What do I, I don't need that. I want my wife to find my phone and find out how much I called my mom this last month. <laughs> so people have these secret lives. But I want you to turn this fast. I'm not exposing anybody. I haven't heard anything. I don't want to hear anything. Lay your whole self on God's altar. I am yours. Use me. Mold me. Fill me with your spirit and your fire that I may burn for you. I don't understand, man. I don't understand how you read about people like William Carey, the father of modern missions. William Booth. They didn't even have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They didn't have any of the books that we have. Nobody knew anything about the gifts of the Spirit. And I, they were doing so much for God with their whole life on the altar. Now we have all this information and teaching and great revelation and people are indifferent but not this church not you you're not right now we're going to see America change we're going to see America change this year but it's revival starts with you saying change me did you hear what they're doing in California no but I'll tell you one thing I'm going to get on fire for God these three weeks and I'm going to run this year and make the devil sorry he didn't take me out when he had the chance. Every teenager that's here, 
Every young adult that's here. If you're a father like me, 40, I'm 42, you're 37 or 46, early 30s, you should make up your, you don't have to be a preacher to be on. Everybody is going to stand before the Lord and give an account for what they walked in. And some people are going to get a big applause from heaven. I saw you live in 2023 America and you never bowed to their ways, but by God's power, you picked them up to walk in my ways. You want to meet somebody who's on fire for God? Meet my wife. Her fire makes me seem, seem timid. I have the microphone more, but I'm telling you, I don't have what she has. I've been doing juices and tomato broth. She's been water only for three days and running air. That girl is on fire. You know what happens when you team up with people who are on fire for God? Keeps you sharp. Iron sharpens iron. When you go to a backslidden, lukewarm church, hang around backslidden, lukewarm people, you naturally descend that direction. But I'm telling you, you're making a decision to be around on fire, iron sharpening iron people, and you're going to burn brightly for God in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that, take 30 seconds, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God. Come on, make a joyful noise. Let the devil know he's in trouble. Where's pa Pastor Kofi? I see you. You can bring your son. We like children at this church. We're not the United Nations. I was debating how to release the anointing by the laying on of hands. Let me pray for this lady in the second row. The gray, in the gray shirt. Come right around. Lift your hands right there. Close both eyes. Whatever commitments you've made to God at summer camp as a teenager, the Lord's gonna, gonna call you on them this year. You're gonna do great things for God. You wondered if you missed it, maybe God just had a different way. No, everything the Lord spoke to your heart as a teenager when you laid your life on the shall come to pass. And the doors will begin to open this year in Jesus' name. I wondered how to close this meeting out. Releasing the anointing, laying on the hands, call everybody to the altar. But I, I feel, as I meditated on it while I was talking to you, I feel to just have us lift our hands, and I'm going to have uh, Brother Uche play what he, what's on his heart on the keyboard in worship. I want everybody who's filled with the Spirit to begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to have Kofi lead us just five, seven minutes in there. But I want you, there'll be enough noise that nobody's going to hear what you're saying specifically. That's the good thing about going to Pentecostal prayer meetings. If you go to different churches, you'd be the only one making everyone would hear you. Father, I need help with it. Everyone turn their head. Here you can pray as loud as you want. You trust Jay with your son? Never held a kid in his life. I want everybody to lift their hands to the Lord. And I want you to take this time and just shut. There you go. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost all over this place. She can't Balandelebe. Ishantala Balagados, Le Pampaya Labab. 
e kayala bazen telebek e yala bandolo godosh e payande zele pampayala gadosh le sekete le ba atelebele gedosh landala boza e payala bandele bezekede de bayala bandolo godosh e kayala bandele gedosh le papa e kayala bandele bezele bele bele e kapampayala boza e tantala bazele bele gedosh e payala bandolo godosh le tetele ba Holy 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 for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Let the rivers flow from your belly. E pampaya lezele tandele gedosh alazandele be ikayalaba alpayalaba ndolo gedosh alpayalaba ndele gedosh e kayalaba zedebebebebe e kayalaba ndolo gedosh lebalabalabalaba e pakayalaba rabaraba e kapapapayalaba raba iyalabalabalabe iyantalabalabe selebandalabalabe iyabalaba ndolo And there is no one 
For you are great. You do miracles so great. No one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. Miracles so great. No one else like you. There is no one else. And finally, we declare that we love. That we love you, we declare your everlasting love for you, and we will say that you are good, and all the miracles you've done has brought us joy. For we are changed, and all the hope we have, we bless in you right now. And we will say that you are good And all the miracles you've done has brought us joy For we are change and all the hope we have We bless in you right now And Father we declare that we love you We declare our everlasting love for you for you oh, and Father we declare that we love you we declare our everlasting love for you oh, Father we declare that we everybody put their right hand on their belly Jesus said in John 7 in that day rivers of living water will flow out from your belly but this spake he of the spirit which had not yet been given but would be given to all who believe your spirit's in your belly put one your right hand on your belly lift your other hand to the Lord I want to have a dollar pray a prayer of blessing over you and then I'm going to have Kofi pray a prayer of blessing over you and you're going to leave here blessed Overly blessed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person in this place. And I thank you, Father, for overwhelming them with your blessings. Not just this year, Father, but this month, the first month of the year. I ask you to inundate them with everything their heart is desiring, everything their heart is petitioning for in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I pray for the overwhelming blessing of heaven to come upon every person in 
in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, every form of oppression, every form of depression, every form of anxiety, everything that's of darkness, I command it to dissolve under your hand in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And in its stead, Father, I pray that you would awaken them on the inside with a fresh faith and fire, a fresh faith from heaven today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everything that they've been uh, wanting, everything that they've been desiring, Father, not feel like it's far out of reach in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But I pray that you would put on the inside of them a reality to your word, a reality to your, your power, the strength that comes from heaven, that all things are possible to him who believes. So Father, every form of doubt, I command it to go from them, from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet. And let faith arise, Lord, to take on what you've given for us to do. Every place, everything that you've called us to do, every place, every territory that you've called us to acquire. Father, I thank you that today, by your wonderful spirit, we have faith to make it come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I command the blessing of God to overtake you this year in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will not die early. There will not be any time type of burial in your family. In the mighty name of Jesus, no accidents, no hospital visits, unless it's you praying other people up out of that place. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father, thank you for anointing every person in this place with a fresh touch from heaven today that will carry them not only through this uh, January in this time of prayer and fasting, but through the entire year in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands. Father, we declare. Father, we declare. Just lift up your hands and sing along. We love you. We declare our everlasting love for you. Father, we declare that we love you. We declare our everlasting love for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare our everlasting love for you, Lord. We thank you for every bit and every inch, every second, every microsecond of our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Bible said in the book of Luke that when Jesus came out, he came in the fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name that is above every other name, I pray tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost touch your people. Let everyone at the sound of my voice be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, the Bible said that when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus, power left his body. And that power healed that woman. 
oh god in the name that is above every other name if that same spirit that rose christ from the dead dwells in us if it lives in us it shall quicken our mortal bodies in the name of jesus everyone on the sound of my voice dealing struggling dealing with any issue in their body i declare them healed by the power of the holy ghost let the power of god blast out every infirmity let the power of god blast out every sickness be healed in your body be made whole and be strengthened tonight in jesus name father May we testify of your goodness. May we testify of your greatness. May we continue to say that God did something great for me yesterday. But what he has done for me today, what no eye have seen, what no ears have heard. Oh Lord, may you embarrass us with your blessing. Within these 21 days of blessings, within these 21 days of fasting, Father, may you exceed our expectation. And oh Lord, may none of our expectations be cut off. But oh God, as we seek you, may we find you. And may we testify that indeed you are good and you have done great things for us. If you believe God is doing great things in your life, if you believe God will do great things for you, if you believe God has done great things for you, let your amen be the loudest in this place. Shout a big amen unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I ask you, make people's spirits very sensitive. The entirety of this year and the entirety of their life, make my spirit more sensitive to your spirit, to your voice. Give us ears to hear your voice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you've never put your all on the altar, you're not living for the Lord, and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ tonight, I want you just to quickly slip out of your seat and come to the altar. I'm seated, so I won't be able to see if you lift your hand if you're not in the first two rows. So just come to the altar and we'll pray. Take care of that tonight. I'm not going to be lukewarm, I'm not going to be cold. I'm going to be an on-fire Christian. I'm not going to be one of the five who ran out of oil and their fire went out. If God's been dealing with your heart tonight and you want to make things right with Jesus Christ, come and we'll pray. In Jesus' name. If you're watching online and you'd like to do that, I want you just where you are to just speak to God. Tell him two things, that you repent of your sin and that you confess Jesus Christ died for your sins and you receive that today. And then after you do, go to revivaltoday.com and click, I just got saved. And fill that out. I'm going to send you a Bible and some other materials to help you live Christian life. For those of you that are here as your pastor, I want to pray for you. Keep our spirits ever sensitive 
to the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name, O Lord. Great are you, Lord, worthy of praise, the Holy One of Israel, King of kings, Lord of lords. We return all glory to you. Receive our worship in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, the same way you gave us a thousand people in nine months. I pray you'd give us 10,000 people quickly. 10,000 newly born again established souls in your kingdom that are planted in the house of God. That's my request. Thank you for granting it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated briefly. You can keep playing, Brother Uche. Your music helps. It doesn't hurt. I'm just going to give you a brief opportunity to, to sow a seed. Those of you who would like to, and those of you that are watching online, I want you to hear this before you do, though. When Adam and Eve transgressed against God, the first manifestation of the curse by eating the food that they weren't supposed to eat was not sickness or addiction. It was poverty. By the sweat of your brow will you, will you grovel and eke out a living. They had abundance in the garden and then poverty came. When people fast, like in Second Chronicles chapter 20, the same way poverty came from eating what wasn't theirs to eat, righteous fasting and abstaining from food brings that prosperity back. Where's that in the Bible? Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat called a fast, and how does the chapter end? All of their enemy forfeited their valuables, possessions, and equipment more than they could hold, and they spent three days gathering it all up, gathering the spoil of the enemy. Fasting, among other things, is a, is a platform to great financial breakthrough. Ask Young E. Cho when you see him in heaven. How do you build the largest church at the time in the world in the 190th ranked economy in the world? When Young E. Cho took that church, or started that church, in Seoul, South Korea, I don't think there were any millionaires in the entire nation of South Korea. And I, don't, I might be off a little bit on the number, but I won't be off on much. I think he had 3,200 millionaires in his church at the end. And that, that man was a fasting addict. They bought a mountain so they could have a place to go up and pray. And would take buses up there of church people to go pray, go find a little spot in the trees or in, in a cave and go pray. Fasting among other things, is a platform 
to come back into the prosperity that God meant to have man. I told you Finnish Dake, the great theologian, said, since man transgressed against God with food, doesn't it make sense that something's gained back by pushing the food away? So, among other things, these 21 days are set for financial change of level for you. Can you say amen? So when you combine the three things that Jesus said in Matthew 6 that I started reading, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, that threefold cord, if you'll take advantage of that these 21 days and mix your giving with prayer and fasting. Judges 20, 26, that I quoted to you about Judges 20, 24 to 26, about the morning till evening fast. The Bible says they fasted from morning till evening and brought peace offerings and uh, one other kind of offer, sacrifice unto the Lord. And the Lord gave them victory against the thing they were getting beat by before. So when you read the Bible, they don't separate the things. Praying, fasting, giving. You lay your all on the altar, your whole life. I'm not telling you, you've got to empty your bank account, though you're welcome to. You ask the Lord, let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit. What would God have you to give that would be a seed that you set apart? So, I don't really feel like I need to instruct you any further. You know, I, th- I don't know if I told you or not. New Year's Eve. If you go back and watch the New Year's Eve service, I think I took less than three minutes on the offering. I don't even think I read a scripture verse because I thought, well, everybody's going to be here in the morning anyway. So we'll just... If anybody's watching and wants to give or a couple people that might not be here, that offering at New Year's Eve in three minutes was just a little over $200,000. So I'm not talking to a room full of cheapskates and tightwads. I'm talking to a room full of generous, spirit-led givers, and you're going to enter into a great harvest from engaging in that. Can you say amen? amen. Where's my friend from Oregon that moved from his, with his family down? Is he here tonight? When you, you move down here with next to nothing, right? And then you started engaging the things you heard preached and the Lord gave you a great job. I can just see, you can see when people are struggling, you can see when people are doing well. There's like, even if they try to hide it, there's a slight smile. This stuff works and it doesn't take long for it to work. Congratulations, I just want you to know I'm very proud of you. I've watched your transformation over the last few months. So way to go. The best is yet to come. Amen. Offering envelopes are in your seat. And if you're watching online, you can go to revivaltoday.com and click give now, and everything's right there. Uh, I wouldn't miss tomorrow if I were you, because I'm going to finish the message I started tonight. We have prayer 12.05 to 1, and then um, 7 o'clock at night, and we take Saturdays off, and then we Sundays at 10 a.m. Now, the, the third Sunday... We, the fast breaks on Sunday, the 22nd. And from now on, we'll always break on a Sunday. So I used to always start on the 2nd. But Bob Rogers told me today when he called me, always break in a Kentucky accent. Always break it on a Sunday. So I'm going to take advice from a 70-year-old pastor. And we'll break on it. That's a good day to break anyway. So we're going to have a Sunday night service, a rare Sunday night service, on uh, January 22nd back here. And um, that'll be our fast-breaking service. And in keeping with tradition, I will have stacks of Oso's pizza in the lobby. That's what I break with. You say, that's dangerous to not eat that long and then eat Oso's pizza. It's a roll of the dice I'm willing to take. (laughs) Can't think of a better way of going to meet Jesus than that.
Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.